Good evening to one and all. Uh, I'm your host, Saurabh Kora, and I'm a coursework officer on the Postgraduate Council. The Postgraduate Council is a student body that represents, supports, and advocates for all postgraduate students. If you have any questions or concerns, please do reach out to us. I would like to start the podcast series by acknowledging and paying my respects to the Bijigal and Gadigal peoples, the traditional custodians of the lands where each of our UNSW campuses are located, and all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander elders past, present and emerging, and their communities who have shared and practiced their teachings over thousands of years. We recognize the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's ongoing leadership and contributions, including to business, education, and industry. Today, we have got Royson Trainer as our guest speaker. Royson is a mental health promotion coordinator with the UNSW Health Promotion Unit team. Her work focuses on improving the mental health literacy of students through mental health first aid training and workshops. Royson also supports the student group Student Minds which aims to reduce mental health stigma and increase help seeking among students. Also, let me just remind you that this podcast is not just about Royston and myself, but it is for everyone who is either listening to us through Zoom or Facebook Live and watching the recorded version of the same afterwards. And as usual, we would be happy to raise any questions coming throughout the session and even after the session is over. Now, moving to the topic of today, the topic for this week's podcast is a pretty important one that is on managing your mental health and well-being while studying at UNSW. Please note that in this session, we will be talking about mental health. If you find the content of this session distressing, please reach out to us for any kind of support. And there cannot be a better time than this one to actually discuss on such a topic. We have heard today from the Premier of New South Wales that Sydney is going through its toughest period of COVID-19 with 44 new cases in the last 24 hours. Many people are now forced to stay at home. And this is also impacting the onshore students at UNSW who can't move out along with their offshore students who were already doing the same. It is now so important, and I again say this thing, that it is extremely important for all of us that students feel connected and are not feeling anxious about their university studies, career prospects, or anything else at this time. May I again please request all the students to know that please, please feel free to approach any of your student representatives on either the Postgraduate Council or the Student Representative Council, or any of your friends in case you feel depressed or anxious about anything. Now, to start off with this podcast, may I please understand from you, Royson, as to what mental health is all about and why is it important for all of us, especially during these times? Yeah, absolutely. I think you've, in your introduction, you really um, explained that today, especially and for the last few weeks, if you're in Sydney, mental health is just even and more important and should be further up on, on our agenda. Um, it's, it's funny, often when I'm talking to students and I ask them what mental health is, 
they start to name out lots of mental illnesses like depression and anxiety, schizophrenia. Um, often people think of mental health as mental illness and actually forget that we all have mental health, just like we all have physical health. Um, you know, it's we need to think of it in the same way as our, our physical health. It's something that we have to think about often. We know how to look after ourselves physically. We need to eat right, to sleep right, to exercise. But how often do we think about our mental health in the same way? Um, mental health is much more than the absence of illness. Um, so the World Health Organization has a, a really all-encompassing uh, definition that's known throughout the world, and they describe it as a state of well-being in which an individual realizes his or her own abilities, can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively and fruitfully, and is able to make a contribution to his or her society. So as you can tell, it's it's you know really acknowledging that it's much more than not being mentally unwell. It's you know, being able to to manage with the normal stresses of life because there will be stress, and now is a perfect example of that. No matter how much we control and try to um, you know control our lives and to have everything in order, there will be bumps along the journey of life, and people who have better mental health are able to manage that and cope with that. And that's really what we're after. Um, so yeah, much more than, than not having illness. We talk about mental health as being on a continuum. So on one side, you have really good mental health and that's when we're feeling really great. Another side, we would have poor mental health and we all sit somewhere on that continuum we can slide up and down that throughout our lives. So maybe it's exam period, you've got lots of assignments due, you've comp compromised on your sleep, you're not seeing your friends, you're not getting all those things that make you feel well, and you start to slide down into the poor mental health side of things. That's normal. That doesn't mean that you have mental illness. It means that you are having a natural reaction to something that is stressful and that that's quite normal and realistic but normally once that stress resolves so you've handed in your assignments or the exams are over you can start to do things to make yourself feel better um, and that that's normal when someone has a mental illness it means that they're spending a little bit too much time down in the, the poor end of mental health um, the things that we normally do to make ourselves feel better aren't working and at that stage someone might need a little bit more support from other professionals in order to start feeling better again. Sure um, thank you so much Roisin for touching on those uh, important points. Um, now I would also like to know from you uh, at UNSW specifically how can students take care of their mental health and well-being while they are studying at UNSW? during these uncertain times? And is there a particular approach which the students can follow with regards to managing their mental health and well-being? Um, I'd say that it's probably not one size fits all. Um, everybody's approach could be different. And it's just because you maybe see somebody on Instagram who gets up at 5 a.m. and jumps in the ocean and and does a 5k run and all meditates for hours that doesn't mean that you're not doing it right if you have a different approach so I think first of all 
acknowledging that everybody's different. Um, that being said, there are a few kind of cornerstones that are really, really important in terms of managing your mental health, particularly at the moment, if you're in Sydney and you're you know, facing the new restrictions or even if you're in other places as well. Um, so having a, a good routine is really important. Our brains crave stability and certainty. Um, at the moment, that's been taken away from us. So our routines are likely to be impacted in some way. Um, that can make our brain go into that sort of fight or flight response. It's not sure what's happening. It's not sure if it's safe and if there's threats available around us. So that can cause us to feel really stressed out and anxious. So helping you to, you know, something that can really be grounded is to have that established routine in place. And it might look different from how it did three weeks ago. So try to um, get your sleep, um, maintain at least, you know, between six and eight hours sleep per night. Sometimes that's a bit tricky. And I do understand that it's not always possible for everyone. But it's really important just to try to structure your day around having a solid sleep pattern. Um, it's really important to go to bed at the same time and wake up at the same time each day because that again is giving your sense that sense of routine which is really important um, other things you can do is try to get outside a few times per day so obviously bearing in mind the recommendations that we've been told today staying within your local area only exercising with a maximum of one other person but try to get outside get some exercise because that's building in your routine it's giving um, yourself some you know fresh air which is obviously really important if you can meet someone else getting that social connection as well but the exercise is really important years ago we used to think that exercise was really good for your physical health but now the research has shown that it's just as important for your mental health Exercise um, has been shown to help prevent mental illness and even be effective as a treatment. So quite often that's what health professionals are now starting with, with individuals. Um, trying to practice mindfulness. Sometimes that can be hard for people and you might say, I tried meditation, didn't work. Um, there's other ways to be mindful. You don't have to meditate for, for 10 minutes. It could be just practicing um, journaling. So writing down how you're feeling, really stepping into your emotions, um, allowing yourself to feel the, the negative emotions as well. Sometimes we try to distract ourselves from them. And we might scroll on social media or use other coping strategies to distract ourselves from those negative emotions. It's really important that you allow yourself to feel anxious, nervous, stressed out frustrated whatever those are but try to process it and move on from it is what's important so journaling is a really good way to do that actually journaling about how you're feeling um, things that are worrying you write them down and read them back to yourself as if a friend had told you this was what they were worried about quite often we can find really good solutions for our friends but not for ourselves so reading them back in that way can be really helpful eating right, trying to get good nutritious foods, um, paying attention to how you feel after certain foods. Sometimes when we have lots of caffeine and coffee, we can feel a little bit more anxious. So paying attention if that does happen to you as well. Um, and staying connected, 
such an important thing for our well-being. Um, it's it's really shown the last 18 months how important that is. So if all the things we do to look after well-being, we often think about having to eat really well and working out in the gym, but staying connected is up there. Um, social isolation has been found to be as big of a public health issue as obesity, which is just huge. Um, so if you can't see people face to face, try to connect online where you can. Um, if you're an online student, turn your camera on in the lecture, see other people's faces, whatever you can do to get, to get that connection. Play, um, you know, your, your online games, whatever way it works. Even if you just go for a walk, pop in your headphones and have a call with someone that um, helps you feel better is really important as well. Yeah, just in continuation to that question, uh, Roisin, because, you know, now in Sydney also we are seeing COVID-19 restrictions coming into place. Uh, you have already mentioned about a lot of good points like students can go out for exercise or they can do meditation. But still, uh, I feel that somehow uh, there are times when there is a lot of negativity in the air. So how do we really come out of that? Because, you know, whenever you turn on the social media, you can just listen to a negative news, right? And mm. it can impact some of the students, uh, not all of them, but some of them. So what can be some, the ways we can tackle uh, those things? And again, you know, I can see that there are some people joining us now. So just for... Uh, just for their notice that this session will be talking about mental health. And if you find anything which is distressing, please reach out to us for any kind of support. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a really good question. Um, we're 18 months into the pandemic and I think we're all starting to feel a little bit fatigued about talking about it. We can't get past a day without hearing about it somewhere or someone talking about it. And it can be overwhelming, absolutely. Um, my recommendations are to be selective of your news sources. Um, there's really reputable sites. So New South Wales Health is obviously a really good one because it gives us restrictions. If we didn't check them, we wouldn't know what we're supposed to do. Um, the World Health Organization, um, those sites, kind of sites are the really the best place to go. Also, UNSW sends out emails whenever they have important information to share with students in regards to um, the restrictions too. So I think checking those sites once per day is enough. You're going to be informed if you just check them once per day. Um, try to avoid, you know, focusing too much on statistics and looking at predictions and all these things. Sometimes we can do that. We, we feel like if we are on top of all the data, we have a sense of control, but really that's just overwhelming us. And there's a lot of information there that we probably don't need. So first thing, stay informed to a certain extent, check in reputable sites. In terms of other stuff, I think social media quite often, even if we're not looking for stuff on COVID, it's we're going to be exposed to it. So be selective of who you follow as well. Sometimes people can be a little bit negative and it can rub off on you. But on the other side, there's also people who can be a little bit too positive as well and maybe make you feel bad if you're not feeling as positive about everything. So as I mentioned, like people that are maybe just, you know, having 
perfect routines and working so hard in lockdown and if you feel like you're not up to scratch because you're seeing that again that can also be a little bit damaging as well so my advice is try to take breaks where you can limit the amount of time you spend on social media quite often we're on our phones without even realizing and um sometimes it's a way to distract ourselves from negative emotions but can leave us feeling worse um you can mute people on social media as well so even if there's people that you're friends with and you don't want to unfollow them but just maybe for this week you just don't want to see so much of them you can mute them and they won't know um and that might make you feel a little bit better look at the pages that do make you feel good so if there's like uplifting content that makes you feel better about yourself spend more time on those um but yeah just take breaks as you need to I think it's really important that we have deep and meaningful connections social media has so many positive things about it can help us feel connected at times can help us stay informed but what's more important is having real deep connections with people so you can say look I'm feeling overwhelmed at the minute I'm not feeling myself and get some support that way um don't forget about that because that's you know more so important than being able to see what somebody had for the breakfast that's true that's true um and since also you know we are catering to UNSW students a lot of us already know that we now have a 24 by 7 UNSW mental health service line for students and staff and a new 24/7 helpline for international students offshore which was launched back in february would you like to elaborate more on that for the benefit of the larger student community as to what are the different resources which are actually available for students at UNSW if they need to contact someone Yeah so there's been lots of changes to mental health service provision and and how students navigate that this year um so first of all we have the new mental health connect service so students might have heard of caps previously and everyone went to caps um so mental health connect is a new starting point for any student with a mental health concern so there's an online form students complete that and then they're contacted by a clinician who will arrange an appointment talk through what's been going on for them and then together they will decide what's the most appropriate support for them it might be to go to psychology and wellness which is the new name for caps or it could be to see a student support advisor or maybe to get involved in some of the student societies that are available um other you know combat and other issues that might be at play that's available for students in australia so even if you're not in sydney you can still access that through telehealth um and and zoom calls so they're operating mainly on zoom and stuff like that at the moment um for students who are not in australia there is a dedicated unsw support line um i think you have shared that in in the comments as well so students can check that out there so that is um that's managed by Medibank but it's for UNSW UNSW students and students can call that anytime day or night for free and have a confidential conversation about how they're feeling and get some support that way so there's there's something for everybody um mental health connect uh, is in place from 9am to 5pm outside of that the the new number that you mentioned is the after hours support line so that kicks in at 5:00 
and goes through to 9am and it's 24-7 or 24 hours on weekends and that's available again to students in Australia. They can provide initial support if you're feeling overwhelmed and it's the middle of the night, you can't sleep, you can call that number um, and they will be able to help you and if, if necessary they can connect you with the services so that you've got support the next day as well. And all those services are confidential for students. So it won't be shared with your supervisors or other um, students or anything like that. It's really confidential. Sure. I think uh, that will definitely help uh, the students. Uh, and we can definitely reiterate these things at the end of the session if anybody joins us late. But uh, moving to the next question, I would say everyone can be considered at equal risk at this moment uh, related to this. How do you think there are any particular students more at risk at this point? Yeah, I, you're right in that everybody can, anybody can experience a mental health problem. Um, one in five Australian adults will experience a mental illness each year. It's even higher for university students. Um, they talk about depression as being the equal opportunity illness. Anybody can apply for depression. It can impact anybody like other mental illnesses as well. Um, that being said, there definitely are groups who are at increased risk of developing a mental illness. Um, and it's not normally one thing in particular. It's a combination of different risk factors which can increase um, someone's likelihood of developing a mental illness. Um, they can kind of be grouped into biological risks. So perhaps already having a physical illness or a, a different mental illness, maybe a family history as well. Um, psychological risk factors. So again, like being exposed per perhaps to a trauma in the past, um, abuse, neglect, other things like that can, can put somebody at risk. And then social factors as well. So um, being isolated, which is obviously the big concern during uh, lockdowns and stuff like that. Um, socioeconomic st status is important. Um, all those things are, are really kind of risk factors. They're not causes. So having one of those doesn't mean you definitely get a mental illness. It just means that you need to concentrate a little bit more on the risk factors that are preventative. So what can you do to minimize your risk? So you know that you can eat better, get better sleep. You can exercise more. Concentrating on those, th those things is really important. Um, but in terms of risk, Definitely students who are feeling more isolated at the moment. Um, students who perhaps are, um, you know, overseas are living in countries where COVID is much more of a threat to their safety and their family's safety. Obviously, a lot of trauma from that. We also have students who are in Australia, but are also concerned about friends and families in other countries where there might be, um, you know, COVID, but other issues ongoing for them that are making them feel very, very um, concerned and potentially homesick being away from, from their family as well. Um, students who do have health conditions, they're perhaps a little bit more vulnerable. They've got more concerns, especially at the moment. If students are immunocompromised, there could be a lot of anxiety about getting exposed to that, um, the virus or having housemates who are exposed to it. So um, yes, anybody can experience mental illness and 
you know, COVID is a great leveler. We're all impacted. We're all in lockdown, no matter what your circumstances. But there's definitely people who are going to feel that a little bit more. Sure. Um, also, I would love to, uh, love to know, because you have already shared all kinds of resources here, but there might be people you want to help as a friend. I'm sure that a lot of students might simply want to help their friends as well on campus. How can they identify any of their friends? And you know, are there any particular signs to identify that? And do you think that what actions uh, could you take to help someone who is exhibiting these signs and symptoms? Um, so the first thing I would recommend is there are courses that students can access at UNSW to learn a lot more about how to help somebody. So, for example, Mental Health First Aid is available for students, um, and that's all advertised through the MindHub site, which is uh, UNSW MindHub. You can find out more there. So that would be really recommended if this is something that you are wanting to upskill in we can't cover everything in a really short um episode but i think first of all if you're concerned about somebody it's normally a change in the person that you're looking out for so a change in behavior a change in appearance a change in just their kind of personality um so if somebody is normally really outgoing and bubbly and first person on class gets back to you straight away doing really well in studies and then all of a sudden they're they're you know becoming withdrawn not getting involved not socializing um not wanting to turn their cameras on in lectures whatever that might be then that's something that we might start paying attention to Obviously, with COVID and being in lockdown, we all have to change our behaviours because of that. So it's a bit trickier, but just really looking at, um, you know, those changes over time. So uh, some kind of common um, signs are, you know, withdrawal that I've mentioned is a really big one. So some people just don't want to talk to anybody, don't answer phone calls, don't reply to text messages, um, not showing up to lectures, um, th those kind of things could be an indication. Um, maybe changes in their um, the quality of their work. So someone maybe just isn't putting the effort in, doesn't see any point in doing it anymore. Could be changes in sleep, um, changes in eating habits, even just physical changes you might notice that someone isn't taking the same care in their appearance so you might see somebody who's messaging throughout the night um, they're on Facebook or they're on um, games and stuff they don't really seem to be sleeping so much sometimes it can be a little bit irritated um, might be you know what what you just classify as being grumpy but maybe it's because they're feeling a little bit stressed out and anxious about things um, and quite often someone will tell you, they'll just actually say, I'm just I'm feeling really down at the minute, not myself. Um, sometimes it takes a little bit more prying to, to get the response out of them. So if you did see that in a friend, it's really important that you do just reach out and ask them if they're okay. Um, something we say day in, day out is, hey, how are you? Um, we're not really expecting any big answers. We're just expecting, yeah, I'm fine, move on. So really being quite direct in what you mean when you're asking them, are they okay? So 
noting some changes you have observed. So just saying, hey, I just want to check in if you're okay. You don't seem yourself recently. I've noticed that you've um, not been attending the group chats or whatever it might be. Um, being a little bit more specific is helpful. Um, and then really just listening to them. So nobody's expecting you to fix somebody or fix all their problems. Sometimes people just need someone to chat to and to have a little bit of a vent and air their frustrations and then they can start to feel better. Um, it's really important to just give them space to do that and reassure them that you're listening, take your time, I'm here for you. Um, it can be hard to hold that space. Sometimes our natural re reaction is to go, okay, I, I know what you need to do or it could be, oh, I, I know I'm feeling the same. I, and then start listening off our problems. So really giving them space. This is, this is you know, really for, important for them. And then mention a few things that you do to look after your well-being. So it doesn't have to always be going to a psychologist. Maybe it's getting outside a few times per day, um, getting some exercise, getting enough sleep, talking to friends. If that's what helps you, share that with them. But there will be people who might need professional help. So not being too forceful, but just letting them know that help is available. Um, talking through the services that we've mentioned, um, helping them access that if they haven't got any idea on how to get support, talking them through that. So maybe sending them the link to the website, um, sending them some information on external pages as well that are really helpful. Um, and then checking back in. So check back in in a day or two to see how they're going. Um, if they didn't want to get help at the start, just keep an eye in case their well-being deteriorates and you think, oh, actually, I really think that person does need help now. Um, you know, we always want them to make the decision um, unless they were in crisis, as in they were, you really thought they were at risk of harm to themselves. Um, we want to just like not be too forceful in getting help um, and let them come, you know, to that decision themselves. Yep. So I am not finding any questions which are coming on the social media as, as of now, but I was just thinking that uh, one of the questions which was coming to my mind, you know, in back in April when there was uh, so many cases uh, from countries like India, there were students who were feeling anxious about their families and friends who are quite away, who are staying away from them. And this can be the case with a lot of other people who are uh, in a situation where they cannot leave Australia mm. and uh, still they are you know, forced to stay here and also take care of their health in, at the same time seeing any of their family members who has either uh, faced COVID-19 or probably suffering at a very deep level from COVID-19. What would you advise to uh, those kind of uh, students at this point? Yeah, look, I I can only empathize. Like it's just so so difficult for students who are in um, Australia, can't see their friends and family, and they're really worried about their well being. I'm also not from Australia. My friends and family are all overseas as well, so I can understand the you know at this stage the homesickness is starting to creep in, and we just really really want to know when we will see our families again. But 
I'm not in the position like students in India are where they're really worried about the, the threat of COVID. So, um, you know, recognizing those circumstances are totally different. So I think really important that um, just being very kind to yourself, this is going to be upsetting and, you know, recognizing that not everybody is going to understand and, and, and get it, but you are entitled to feel how you're feeling. And if you're feeling really overwhelmed and upset, then that is understandable. Um, it's really hard when you're trying to balance that with your studies and to, to continue on, but it's important to talk to the university, talk to your um, supervisors, to your uh you know your lecturers let them know what's going on for you and connect with the services that are available the the team in psychology and wellness are also really understand that there are students in quite unique circumstances and they really want to help them as much as possible and the teams have been consulting with student organizations from students from different backgrounds to just really see like what do you need um, and I think it's really important that you to know that the services do get that things are unique for you and they really want you to be able to do well um, and to have equal you know opportunity to continue studying at UNSW so I think that the, the big thing is let the university know where you're at talk to them keep the conversation going get the support that is um, available to you um, talking to other people might be really helpful there are students associations like from students from similar background, um, you know, talking to them, people that maybe understand your circumstances a little bit different. And then I suppose on the other end, the stuff we did talk about as well, it's also trying to give yourself a little bit of respite from that. So not overwhelming yourself too much with information. Obviously you need to stay, you know, attuned to what's happening in your home country, but also trying to look after your own well-being first, because you can't look after everyone else's well-being if you're not well yourself. So do do the things you need to self-care. So try to switch off for little bits and pieces in the day. Um, put your phone down, get yourself some exercise, some me time, whatever you need is really important. Sure. Thank you so much for, you know, that uh, sharing those tips, Royce. And I think uh, it might be really helpful for a lot of students who might not be that open to share such information with the public or you know might be feeling anxious about some of the other things especially uh, during this time when there can be uncertainty in the environment related to your job prospects or you know you might have had some expectations with the university and at this point of time you might not be getting the, that kind of education which you expected you know a lot of international students keep on telling me on a day-to-day -day basis that um, we didn't come here for uh, an online education but unfortunately mm -hmm. it's quite unfortunate that this happened in in, in, a, in a particular way specifically for international students possibly uh, would you like to elaborate on that you know um, as to how, how how they can manage during this time when they are feeling uh, not only homesick but also sometimes feeling that their expectations are not met, you know, mm. because I still feel that it is a long time ahead to go. It's just that, you know, we need to be a bit patient during this time. It's patience and it's very important. What do you think on that? Yeah, that's feedback that I've had from students as well. So it's interesting that you've had that too, that they, the expectations 
were coming to Australia, getting the full Aussie culture and lifestyle and being on campus and meeting other people and everything. And, and it's hard when our uh, reality doesn't match our expectations. And it's okay to feel a bit hard done by um, on that and to feel a bit upset by that as well. So um, just allowing yourself to feel how you're feeling is really important, but not getting you know, so into it that you, you miss all the other positives that there are. So I think um, first thing I'd recommend is just take it week by week. Um, we know that our current update today was that we're going to be like this definitely next week anyway. See what happens then. Don't sort of um, try to fortune tell the future and think that we're going to be like this forever because we're not. Um, and, and we don't know exactly how long, but all we know is information that we have at hand at the minute that for the next week, we're definitely going to be in lockdown. So look to, to the positives, Try, start trying to plan ahead. What are the things you want to do once um, lockdown does lift? Um, try to meet people in your course in other ways if you're not able to get into the classroom. Um, there's international student societies. Um, ARC have so many events happening online as well and it can be really hard but turn your camera on um students keep telling me that like actually turning the camera on just gives you a better sense of connection if you are in online tutorials and stuff like that um and yeah just really take it week by week um there will the restrictions will lift eventually and you will be able to plan all those things that you had in mind once you you did come to UNSW but also allow yourself to feel how you're feeling because it does suck and it, it is frustrating and I certainly can relate to the the homesickness um my experience was I tried not to think about it and uh, I was kind of like not thinking about it not thinking about it and then it eventually catches up on you um and I think with the current lockdowns, it maybe makes it a little bit harder as well because you kind of seen how other countries were facing it and we were the lucky ones and we were doing okay and we had all our freedoms and everything. And now the tables have turned slightly. Um, and it it's just really, I think for me, the biggest thing was allowing myself to feel how I was feeling, but trying to kind of move on from that as well. Yeah, personally, for me, um, it has been a time when you get some lonely time at home and you try to self-realize a lot of new things that you might not have explored when you are with friends or, you know, when you are with a lot of people. Uh, but now when you have sufficient amount of time, you try to venture into probably, oh, let's read a new book today or mm -hmm. watch something new today. So, so some of the things which you could not do during the normal days probably you can do at this time. So, you know, looking at the positive side of the picture would be really helpful in this case. Yeah, uh, and it's it's kind of nice time of year. The weather was rubbish today. So just trying to think, well, I probably wouldn't be at the beach today. So what would I like to do? How am I going to, you know, make myself feel cozy? So light a few candles, read your book, whatever you need to do. It's really a unique opportunity for us to really slow down and gives our, give ourselves that rest. We normally have all these things in our calendar, places we have to go, people to see. This is your excuse 
just time to focus on yourself and, and do those things you, you don't normally get time to do. Sure. Just before we end the podcast, uh, Roisin, if you would like to just sum up with the top three or four things which students can take away from this session uh, that we have discussed, mostly related to the resources which are available and also the key tips which you shared, if you can uh, quickly reshare them briefly um, so that it is useful for those who have joined us late. Yeah. Um, so probably key tips or key things to take away is that um, this is a time of uncertainty. Everybody is feeling a bit up and down at the moment. Doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It just means that you're having a natural reaction to something that is, you know, quite stressful. So allow yourself to feel that. Um, do the things you can do to make yourself feel better. A routine is really important. Getting enough sleep. Get outside. Get fresh air. Even if it is raining, put your raincoat on. Get outside. Try not to stay in your apartment all day unless you've been told to isolate. Um, if you do feel that that's not working for you and that you're really struggling, it's starting to impact your sleep, your eating, your motivation, your, your studies, don't suffer in silence, reach out for support. Sometimes it's not possible for us to pull ourselves out of that. We need some guidance. So connecting with Mental Health Connect, if you're in Australia, it's all available on telehealth at the moment and it's free for students. So um, Sharab's put the details and, and the grips. So, uh, you know, start there. If you're not in Australia, use that um, number that we've shared for offshore students, or maybe you have connection to services locally as well. So do reach out for help if you feel that it's starting to impact you more than, than you would expect. If you're worried about a friend, reach out, um, you know, just be there for them, recognizing that you're not going to be the expert and fix all their problems. But if you can just listen to them, give them space to talk and then refer them into the services if they do need them. I think that's my kind of key, key summary from what we chatted about. Thank you so much, Royce. And I think uh, that might be really useful and important for all the students. I'm not getting any questions, but I think this might be a topic where students might want to have a discussion more on a one-on-one -on -one basis rather than posting it in the comments section. So in that case, feel free to look at the resources which I've already posted in the Facebook Live comments as guided by Roisin during the session. And again, uh, I would like to reiterate that please feel free to approach any of your student representatives as well, either on the postgraduate council or student representative council or any of your friends uh, to whom you want to share anything. It can be your close friend or a family member. Feel free to uh, talk to them. And as Royson shared that limit time on social media, uh, keep on looking at the useful resources shared by NSW website as to where you can go, where you can't go, where are the places uh, of the COVID hotspots around Sydney uh, and maintain a nutritious diet uh, and focus on meditation and exercise. With this, uh, we essentially come to an end to our eighth PGC weekly podcast. And we would like to thank Roisin Trainer for taking her valuable time today to join for this podcast. And also everyone who joined us today through Zoom or Facebook Live 
who are who might be listening to us through the recorded version of uh, YouTube. We hope to see you all at our future events and also the next podcast episode, which is with Professor Lynn Gribble from UNSW Business School on the 14th of July on the topic of future proofing your career. She will be guiding you on how you can generate and utilize all the opportunities available in this hybrid environment. So for now, it's goodbye from my side and Rosen's side and stay safe and have a good night, everyone.